The horizon is wide and the highway is calling. That means it's time for another episode of American Road Trip Talk. I'm your host, Gary Mance, with a welcome and an invitation to travel the byways and back roads of yesteryear, searching for America in every incomparable mile. Happy New Year, everyone. We are just on the cusp, the very precipice of 2022 as we are broadcasting. Suzanne Mitchell has joined me. She is my partner on air and off the air. And as he is every week now when he's not taking a vacation, of course, I'm talking about Nathan Miller, our producer. He's a savvy guy and we're so happy he's a part of this team as we look forward to another year of American Road Trip Talk. Today, we are going to be going circuitously around the country with a couple of classic road trip narratives, a couple of books that really mark a generation. I'm talking about Travels with Charlie by the great John Steinbeck, Nobel Prize winning writer, especially a novelist, even though this book is actually a travel log, it only gave him more renown. And if you go back to 1957 with the Viking Press edition of On the Road, of course, we're talking about the king of the beats, Jack Kerouac. So much to discuss here, perspectives on America that were shared most eloquently and lyrically by two giants of American literature. We're going to get into that and maybe offer a personal aside or two as we conduct the last show of 2021. So glad that you are with us. This is American Road Trip Talk, and we'll be right back after these messages. At last, the holidays are here, and so is Ridgeland. Shop, dine, celebrate, and immerse yourself in the spirit of the season. The Ridgeland Retail Trail has a gift for everyone on your list. So wrap it in Ridgeland and book one of our special sleigh and stay hotel packages. Learn more at visitridgeland.com. Hashtag visit MS responsibly. Hi, everybody. This is Anson Williams from Happy Days. And I want to bring attention to a life-saving product called Alert Drops. Drowsy driving is one of the most catastrophic problems in America, and Alert Drops will stop it. Kids studying in college, drinking too much caffeine, overloading on these energy drinks, they end up in the hospital. Alert Drops will stop it. What is Alert Drops? Alert Drops is a simple spray on the tongue made out of citric acid, sour lemon, and water, co-created with my uncle, Dr. Henry Heimlich, creator of the Heimlich Maneuver, who said, Anson, Alert Drives will save more lives than the maneuver. Whether you are driving, whether you are studying, whether you're just a tired mom, whenever you need to be alert, get Alert Drops. A simple spray on the tongue, nothing in your system, and you're naturally awake, naturally alert. It's scientifically proven. It's doctor approved. Again, it's natural. It's been honored by the United States Congress. Go to AlertJobs.com. Very important. Go to AlertJobs.com and stay safe. Get your daily dose of variety. Alternative Talk, 1150. Welcome back to American Road Trip Talk. Today we're going to take a literary journey and we will be on the open road. For starters, Travels with Charlie in Search of America. That is a 1962 published travelogue written by American author, one of the all-time greats, John Steinbeck. It depicts a 1960 road trip around the United States made by Steinbeck in the company of his standard poodle, Charlie. 
Steinbeck wrote that he was moved by a desire to see his country on a personal level because he made his living writing about it, after all. He wrote of having many questions going into his journey, the main one being, what are Americans like today? However, he found that he had concerns about much of the quote-unquote new America that he witnessed. Mr. Steinbeck tells of traveling throughout the United States and a specially made camper he named Rosinante. That would be a good question in a game of Trivial Pursuit. Rosinante. That was the name of Don Quixote's horse. His travels start in Long Island, New York, and roughly follow the outer border of the United States from way up in northern Maine to the Pacific Northwest, down into his native Salinas Valley in California, across to Texas, through the Deep South, and then back to New York. This circuitous route encompassed nearly 10,000 miles. The Nobel Prize in Literature for 1962 was awarded to John Steinbeck for his realistic and imaginative writings, combining as they do sympathetic humor and keen social perception. And so we begin this episode with Travels with Charlie, and then we're going to tackle the beats. Jack Kerouac on the road. So much to pack into this short half hour. Travels with Charlie was a remarkable book in so many ways. I think as much for taking us on the ride into the natural grandeur of America, only to find that there was a lot missing in the idealized American character that you might find in popular culture or the world of advertising. John Steinbeck came back a bit sadder, a lot wiser, and as always, gave us his experience to share in a most eloquent way. When it comes to his the perspective that he had having completed his journey. He said over and over, I thought we lack the pressures that make men strong and the anguish that makes men great. The pressures are debts. The desires are for more material toys and the anguish is boredom. Through time, the nation has become a discontented land. His book, remember, was published in 1962, A Discontented Land. And yet on his journey, he was able to capture those lovely nuances that still persisted at the time in America. He did it against a backdrop of superhighways having been completed and also of popular culture and even the way the news is reported on TV As one example, Steinbeck said that he thought he mourned, actually, the loss of those dialects and the colloquialisms that you could find regionally and even within towns in America. And he thought, as he was explaining his position to his wife, that it was a matter of television, first and foremost, being the kind of force that took over the national conversation and even redefined the way news was presented with voices that were clear and clean and without distinguishable regional characteristics, without the dialects. And as a result, something was lost in the fiber of American national character. It's absolutely a fascinating book, and I can only imagine what it must have been like to have this book of his published in his lifetime, 1962, the same year he wins the Nobel Prize for Literature. What an extraordinary man on an extraordinary journey. 
Suzanne, when I think about people making road trips on purpose, it, and it seems paradoxical because if you're going to go out on the open road, you have a purpose. John Steinbeck was addressing a higher purpose. He wanted to get to know an America that throughout his literary career and with as many avocations as he had, had a family, had a wife, certainly had a dog. With all of that, he felt there was something he had missed. He wondered if he was out of touch with America. And I think one of the lessons he learned, this is my way of putting it, was that America, in a sense, was out of touch with itself. There was a lack of cohesion, even in the midst of some of the best scenery and the most natural, glorious beauty to be found anywhere on earth. It's a great book. I highly recommend it. My dad was a high school freshman literature teacher. That was a book for him on his curriculum list every time. He thought Travels with Charlie was just extraordinary, and indeed it was and is. As Americans, I feel that we have the pioneering instinct in our DNA. People traveled, if they were not Native Americans here already, they traveled from Europe, from England, came to settle this land 400 years ago, back in the 1600s. And I think it's always been in our DNA to to look at, at more. It's Travel is more than a romantic idea. It is the intersection of reality and the ideal. And so when you have writers like Steinbeck looking for the ideal, they are going to come face to face with the reality. As pioneers, we want to know where we can go and what can we find when we get there. And after we did that with the United States, we took that to the moon. You know, where can we go and what can we find there? So I think that has always been something that are as a culture, we have wanted to do. And road tripping is so perfect for that to go places that we haven't been before and see what's there. And so um, I think that's just uh, something that is really built into us. And I might add in 2022, if you've never read Travels with Charlie, you might want to read it. It's the 60th anniversary of its publication. And then we go back five years prior. And here the, the timeline gets a little fuzzy, Suzanne, because you looked into with, with much interest on the road, that classic novel of the open road at the time of the beats and their ascendancy. They were maligned. They were also celebrated, but they were who they were. And in looking into On the Road, you found out a great deal about Jack Kerouac's unique and at times idiosyncratic appreciation of America. Yes, uh, Jack Kerouac wrote the book On the Road based on the real people that he knew, the beats that he knew, William S. Burroughs, um, Neil Cassidy, different uh, beatniks and, and beat people. And he wrote it with their real names in mind until, of course, he went to publish and had to change all the names in order not to get sued. <laughs> What's, what I found the absolute most interesting thing about On the Road is that it is the story of four coast-to-coast -coast road trips. First one starting in New York and going west. So back and forth and back and forth four times. 
And it took seven years to do that. He was amassing all of these stories and all of the experiences and all the events of four coast-to-coast road trips. But when he actually sat down to write the book, he wrote it in three weeks. He said that the, the, the thing that got him slowed down the most was changing the typing paper in the typewriter. So he invented a way to clip the pages together in, in such a way, adhere them together. I can't say clip like a paper clip, but he adhered the pages in such a way that he could write in one continuous roll, like you would a roll of toilet paper, but it was typing paper. So he could keep writing and keep writing and keep writing without stopping because he said he lost his train of thought every time he had to change paper. So he didn't do that. He connected all the papers and he, uh, he wrote it in three weeks, virtually nonstop. And that was a very smart thing for Jack Kerouac to do because the book is characterized, what it's described as a novel, you would call it a novel, but the style involves a lot of stream of consciousness. And I can imagine, Suzanne, that if stream of consciousness is your style, if it's inherent within your literary personality, you probably wouldn't want to spend a lot of time having to stop what you're doing. You lose your train of thought to change some paper in a 1950s style typewriter. Oh, the mechanics of it would drive you crazy. I know how it is just in my own printer when I run out of paper and I'm in the middle of something and then I lose my train of thought. Well, you would certainly lose that if you were writing and wanted to just keep going. At least with a computer, we can keep writing. The printing is another matter, but you can just keep writing and writing and writing on a, on a computer. One of the most famous quotes from On the Road really described, as you were talking about John Steinbeck, I was thinking about Jack Kerouac's reason for wanting to be on the road and, and what he found. When a couple of his friends, his beat friends got together, they became friends. And so it was becoming a group. And as these two gentlemen became fast friends immediately upon meeting, Jack Kerouac was feeling like the third wheel because they were at a very high intellectual level. And he felt as though his intellectual level wasn't quite up to theirs. But he writes in On the Road, right in the first chapter, the only people for me are the mad ones, the ones who are mad to live, mad to talk, mad to be saved, desirous of everything at the same time, the ones who never yawn or say a commonplace thing, but burn, burn, burn like fabulous yellow Roman candles exploding like spiders across the stars. And in the middle, you see the blue center light pop and everybody goes, ah, that's what he was looking for. He wanted to meet the people. He wanted to have the experiences with interesting thinking people on the road and, and experiencing everything there was to experience. He knew he couldn't, he couldn't satisfy his own curiosity about men just living where he was living. He wanted to see more. And haven't we all had that experience when we are traveling, 
We have taken two road trips in recent years. It might have been more if it wasn't for the pandemic. But we went all the way from Florida to Washington State in 2017. And we did a fly drive vacation in 2019 up to New England. And in those trips, you get to see not just parts of the country, not just the beautiful natural sites, not just the man-made sites, but you get to see all the cultures along the way there, all the people along the way. You're talking about how some of these dialects have disappeared as we've become more homogeneous in our conversation and and in our, our lives. But to have the experience of seeing how people are in some ways much the same and have the same concerns and in some ways much different was a great part of our road trip vacations. And here is where I see Jack Kerouac and John Steinbeck, two radically different personalities, merging into one perspective, at least in this regard. I think both of them, and the Beats were a statement about radical individuality, to live one's own life and to live it in the company of those who are like you, people that you love, people who want to share the grand experience of living with you, particularly in America. John Steinbeck felt that there was a homogenization of American culture that he deeply regretted because the America he knew from his boyhood had a lot of peculiarities and it depended on region. It depended on the kinds of encounters you might have in the Salinas Valley of California. You're going to be talking many times to farmers or the the spouses and the children or the grandchildren of farmers, people at market where you take your goods. That's one kind of conversation. And he found when he went to New England that at least some of that old stereotype was true, that people are more reserved. In fact, people say that about people in Puget Sound, that there is a kind of Seattle nice that is cool. They kind of keep you at arm's length until they feel they have gotten to know you and can trust you. Same with New England. I've heard that comparison made more than once. Up there, he would see men in diners who would not make the first move, but you could strike up a conversation if you were patient and willing to take the initiative. And when they were done with their breakfast, maybe they went to their shop, maybe they went hunting. And there was that regionalism that he so appreciated. He was very worried that it was going to evaporate because of the massiveness of pop culture, which was nothing to what it is today, but it was growing. And even in the way that television and TV news had a tendency to be a leveler of the national conversation and the way we address each other. It's quite remarkable to do that with all that natural beauty and both Kerouac and Steinbeck admired the American landscape greatly and they interpreted it for their generation. With all of that, there still was this sense that maybe we're missing a point there. Maybe we haven't become all that we could be. And that speaks to the need to continue exploring, to be real with each other in order for this American experiment to carry on. Part of what happens, I believe, when you take a road trip is you expand your own consciousness when you are looking at the beauty of the country when you are interacting with people from other places. And 
when you go home, you're not the same after a, a vacation or a road trip away. And I, it brought to mind the words of the John Denver song, coming home to a place he'd never been before. Ah, yes. And how we have had that experience after being away and coming home and things look different. Now they aren't any different. We're different. And road tripping changes you to go out and, and see other people and see other places and experience life in America. It really does change who you are and you can't go home to the place that you left. Something that John Steinbeck realized when he went back to his hometown there in the Salinas Valley of California, central to Northern California. And he found much to his surprise that the local theater was renamed in his honor, the John Steinbeck. Einbeck really? and he thought to himself as he told his wife I believe it was that Thomas Wolfe was right you can't go home again in the same way in which philosophers will tell you that you can't step into the same river twice time yeah. marches on and you have right. to capture what you will get into the marrow of experience whenever you can for as long as you can I'm going to this is a fairly lengthy quote by John Steinbeck but I wanted to get this in In Travels with Charlie in Search of America, he writes, when I was very young and the urge to be someplace else was on me, I was assured by mature people that maturity would cure this itch. When years described me as mature, the remedy prescribed was middle age. In middle age, I was assured that greater age would calm my fever. And now that I am 58, perhaps senility will do the job. Nothing has worked. Four hoarse blasts of a ship's whistle still raised the hair on my neck and set my feet to tapping. The sound of a jet, an engine warming up, even the clopping of shod hooves on pavement brings on the ancient shudder, the dry mouth and vacant eye, the hot palms and the churn of stomach high up under the rib cage. In other words, I don't improve. In further words, once a bum, always a bum. I fear the disease is incurable. I set this matter down not to instruct others, but to inform myself. A journey is a journey of your life. It's not just going from point A to point B, from one city to another city or through a country. It is still a journey which involves you. And so it is your life's journey to do that. These two men have more in common than I ever would have imagined. John Steinbeck, five years previously, the Viking, uh, the Viking publishing house printed the version of On the Road that we read and appreciate today. It's fascinating to me that there were iterations of On the Road. It wasn't one and done. He got it to the publisher and it became a classic. It had rather a torturous path to get to the readers who would see this as a book that defined the beat generation. There were some wonderful highways and byways in the United States. There are parts of the United States that are changing just because the climate is changing. There are a lot of things happening with our country that it is good to get out and see. And as long as you read a quote, I'd like to read a quote too. And not from either of those gentlemen. Here's a biggie. No, nope, a classic. My one of my most, if not my most favorite poet, Robert Frost, and that is The Road Not Taken. 
Two roads diverged in a yellow wood, and sorry I could not travel both and be one traveler, long I stood and looked down one as far as I could to where it bent in the undergrowth. Then took the other, as just as fair and having perhaps the better claim, because it was grassy and wanted wear, though as for that the passing there had worn them really about the same. And both that morning equally lay in leaves no step had trodden black. Oh, I kept the first for another day, yet knowing how way leads on to way, I doubted if I should ever come back. I shall be telling this with a sigh somewhere ages and ages hence. Two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. And there you go. Thank Highways you. and byways of the United States. And that has made all the difference. Where will you decide to go in 2022? We hope you travel there safely and come back to us. And in some form or fashion, let us know how it was. This is what American Road Trip Talk is about. We wish you the very happiest and healthiest of New Year's. May 2022 be a blessing to you and your loved ones throughout the year. Nathan Miller, will you come on for just a moment? Certainly. Nathan. We wanted to say how much we've enjoyed working with you all year long. I'm so thrilled that you now are behind all of that wonderful technology that puts American Road Trip Talk on the air. You are part of the team. So happy new year to you. I look forward to working with you in 2022. Oh, and the same right back to you. It's been a pleasure being in the back seat and enjoying the ride on these American roads. That's going to do it for us today, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to American Road Trip Talk, along with Thomas and Becky Rep, co-founders of American Road Magazine. We remind you to visit our website, AmericanRoadMagazine.com, to preview the current issue. Until next time, dream well and drive safely on the American Road. Hi, everybody. This is Anson Williams from Happy Days, and I'm so excited to tell you about American Road. It is the best car travel magazine in the world. They have the most fantastic adventures detailed in each magazine with all your itinerary. We could just jump in the car with your family and have the most fabulous adventures you've ever had in your life. Please get a copy of American Road and start your own adventure.